Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome along to the latest Forza Italian football podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Connor Clancy, and joining me... As always, as I always seem to say, is the reliable Vito Doria. Vito, welcome back. It's good to speak to you again. Thank you, Connor. Yeah, it's uh, great to do this as always. And yeah, hopefully this time, you know, it's a more positive uh, discussion here. So looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. There, there will be some elements that aren't so positive, but we will get to those later. Hopefully, uh, Dov Schiavone will be joining us at some point tonight. He was, of course, at San Siro tonight. Um, Fiorentina this morning and even the, the Verona derby last night so he'll have plenty to say when he comes on Vito we usually start things off by talking about the league leaders and we're going to stick to that format tonight despite the league leaders having changed this weekend Juventus are top still have a game in hand over Napoli and a one point advantage and it looks like they're going to put some serious daylight between themselves and the Partenope when they play Atalanta this midweek it's on Wednesday night Vito this was just as we always seem to say about Juve a straightforward business as usual 2-0 win against a middling opposition is there anything more really that's worth saying about this game not particularly the only thing that would really be worth mentioning is that Dybala scored both goals and now he's got four goals in his last three competitive appearances so that's a real confidence booster for the Bianconeri and of course for Dybala himself after the injury layoff it's great to see him returning to form because he is a genuine match winner and although I think Juve in general aren't a great team to watch he's still a, a player in particular that people should keep their eyes on because he can provide some magical moments especially with that free kick yeah, he, that was that was brilliant. And he probably could have had a hat-trick. He missed another chance late on, but uh, he did get two. Gonzalo Higuain was instrumental in assisting him for the second goal. I thought Higuain was 
brilliant for that. He got the ball with his back to goal about 20 yards out. And he managed to draw two or three of the Nazi players onto him, which just freed up the space for Dybala. And Aguayan played a, uh, an excellent no-look pass into the box. And Dybala couldn't really miss from there. But, but as we said, Juve are top. We've discussed Juve being top of Serie A for about seven years now. So I don't want to talk about Juve in a Serie A context. I want to talk about them in Europe because they beat Spurs despite for an hour or so not looking like they had any hope of scoring once, never mind twice to turn that game around. Do we really think that Juve can go all the way to the final again in Europe this year or are they not as good as they have been in previous years? What do you think about them? In my view, they're not as good as they have been in previous years and I thought last year was perhaps the best opportunity to do so. If they have a chance of making the final again, uh, they would need Higuain and Dybala to really be outstanding and remain in form. And also they would need a favourable draw because if they were to get Bayern Munich or Manchester City in the quarterfinals, I think they would have some serious issues. And perhaps even being drawn against Real Madrid, I would think that would be a very demanding proposition for the Bianconeri and Real Madrid, they've shown some signs of decline as well. So, again, despite Real Madrid not being as strong as they were in the last two years, I still think they would be a superior matchup against uh, Juve. Yeah, you've listed a couple of teams there, and I was thinking about this before we came on air, and Man City were one team that I thought I couldn't see Juventus beating over two legs. Bayern, I could see them beating, and Real Madrid, maybe another, but on their day, I could see Juve getting past them. If they do get a decent draw, Juve could quite easily find themselves in the final again this year against maybe someone like Man City. And then in one game, 90 minutes, who knows what could happen. It's probably fair to say that Juve weren't all that great against Spurs, despite eventually going through. And there were probably only about 25, 30 minutes of the, what, 180 altogether where they actually came out on top. But, they just know how to win these games. It, it doesn't matter who they come up against. These teams that play great football, Spurs get a lot of credit in England. But Juve just know how to win. They know how to just completely cut the other team off. The psychological battles that they win all over the pitch. You saw as soon as Juve got leveled the other night, they were celebrating every tackle. They were, I thought they were really clever. They spent about 15 minutes just kicking Spurs before they got back on terms, which kind of just set out a message to say, we're not lying down and taking this. But I don't know, Vito, this, I like you when they were beaten by Real Madrid in the fact, the way they were beaten by Real Madrid last year, I thought, right, that's it for this Juve team. They're not going to win the Champions League. But after their performance last midweek, they're kind of starting to win me over. So what are we saying? Do you think that they could beat Barcelona, what, Chelsea, if they get through others? Is it just a case of them avoiding Bayern, maybe Real Madrid and Man City? Well, I reckon it's just a matter of really avoiding those teams. If they can get a weak opponent in the quarterfinals, I think that would set them up nicely. And again, depending on who they could possibly meet in the semis, that might favour them too. But uh, if they were to get one of the teams that we've mentioned in the quarterfinals, I think it might be uh, a huge hurdle for them and it might be a bit too soon for Juve to match up against them. I would prefer the easier draw if you are going to reach the final. At least they can boost their confidence 
even more and then uh, it gives them extra time to see how the remainder of the competition pans out for them, study the opponents a bit more and, yeah, when the matter... When the right moment comes, then they can strike in the best way possible. Yeah, well, if they're still in the Champions League by the semi-final stages, it's looking increasingly likely that the Serie A title race might be dead by then. So they'll be able to rest their players domestically and go all out in Europe. Uh, that because Napoli couldn't get the job done at San Siro, which we will wait for Dov to come on to discuss that a little later on. But someone who did get the job done this weekend is Milan, who won away at Genoa. Dito, I'm sure you were celebrating this one in the early hours of the morning down in Australia. But this really didn't look like it was going to happen. And it was with what was literally the last touch of the game off Andre Silva's head that Milan got the three points. And it just seemed like that good old-fashioned Milan winning mentality. Uh, they didn't quit. They were determined till the very end and they got their just rewards. Vito, what did you make of this? Is this Gattuso getting his message across to the players still? Mm. Uh, definitely. I reckon at other times this game would have ended nil-nil. And the way the game was going, Milan looked rather uninspiring going forward. And Genoa, they were able to stifle them a little bit. And even here and there, they had some... Decent attacks, but really for general, the main points of reference were Perrin and Laxalt. They were the main uh, strong points for them. But near the end, Milan kept on attacking. They kept applying the pressure. And Andre Silva, he finally scores his first Serie A goal. And, yeah, what a time to do it. Just the last touch of the game, as you said. Yeah, it really couldn't have been better timed that um but the ball in from Suzo was brilliant and I was quite impressed by him because you consider him to be this flair player who when the chips are against him he might not fancy it too much but that wasn't what we saw today he was one of the most determined players out on that pitch and if Milan were to win it always looked like it was going to come from him because he just kept grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck and trying to do something with it we're getting some questions in already um evan has asked do we think ac milan will make it to the Champions League? we've kind of discussed that a bit in recent weeks but we're going to continue with the theme of andre silva for now do you think he can kick on from here because he's been brilliant in the europa league when he's played but he hasn't quite done it in Serie A, partially due to limited opportunities and partially due to confidence you would imagine what do we think will he go on and fire them towards those Champions League places now or could this just be a once-off for him in Serie A? Mm. Not particularly easy to predict this on the basis of one particular game, but what I would like to see is that this is the confidence booster he needs. And I've noticed with strikers these days more so than in previous decades that you really do need that confidence or that stability to provide that scoring run and scoring consistently. So I'm hoping that he does keep scoring and I reckon it's very important for Milan to have him score regularly from now on because they need that competition in the front line. It's great to see Cotrone develop and Andre Silva, despite his goals in the Europa League, was struggling to score in Serie A. So hopefully now there are two strikers who can perform in both Serie A and the Europa League, 
that provide goals for Milan and, of course, keep Nikola Kalinic on the bench. So, you know, we got to make sure, well, Gattuso has to make sure that Kalinic is now the third-choice striker from now on. Yeah, he definitely has to be the third choice because he's nowhere near good enough to be first or second choice, really. Um, Andre Silva is obviously quite a good player. And I do hope that it was just a confidence issue for him in Serie A because he, he's definitely got all the ingredients there to go on and become a really good player for them if he sticks around for any longer than the summer, which you would really hope that he does because they can do something there. And Cutrone has been really good this year, but there's no way Milan would have expected this. So it's been kind of a blessing for them that he's been able to carry the load of the other two when he's been playing because Again, I don't think anybody saw his form coming. Um, what do we think then? We might as well get to that question. Um, Evan might not have been listening in recent weeks. Do you think that Milan can get the Champions League places, Vito? I reckon it's probable at this stage, and that's because they're in good form, but also Inter and Lazio are not stringing the wins like they used to. So I reckon with them not being able to collect wins on a consistent basis, that puts things in uh, the Rossoneri's favour and I believe they can still maintain the momentum. You would hope so. Obviously, the the derby not going ahead last week kind of changes how this conversation should be, but we will probably get into that a little bit more when Dov comes on. He's he's almost ready to go as as I can make it. He's looking for a spot in San Siro to to join us from. Jax has joined the comments. Jax, welcome along. Sam Fox has been here from the start. We're missing Phil because he's in the army or something now. Uh, Roma Torino got things kicked off on the Friday night and Roma won what I thought was 2-0 because it switched off early, but it was 3-0 and the Giallarossi look like they're getting things back together after a couple of sticky patches since Christmas. But, Vito, is it... More so against the Roman clubs that Milan will need to overcome this battle for fourth place against because I can't see Inter doing it the way they've been playing lately. So Roma nailed on for top four or is it not quite that easy? Well, knowing Roma's history, I think they can still find a way to bottle it and mess it up. But I think uh, when you look at the other teams in Serie A, I reckon Roma should be able to hold on to a Champions League spot. And in the last month or so, they've been able to get some good results as well. So, um, yeah, at least based on the recent weeks, I reckon uh, the Giallo Rossi can hold on for a Champions League spot. And now they're scoring more goals than what they were in the first half of the season. First half of the season, they were winning a lot of games, you know, 1-0 or 2-0. A lot of low-scoring ones, but now they've got extra goals. Ah, we, we have our third our third member, Dov Schiavone, has, has come on. Dov, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear. It's, it's, it's good to hear from you. We were just talking about Roma Torino. Um, so we'll keep talking about this if you want to settle down there in the San Siro. But Vito... I'm settled down here. I am. There we go. I managed oh. to get the technology to work there, as everybody can see it, right? Yeah, you look great. The San Siro looks nice and illuminated in the back. This is blue. I'll try, like, try. This is difficult because I've got a tiny wee thing. The lights are coming from over there. There we go. I've got blue coming at my head. Lovely. Uh, we oh, can fantastic. get the cylinders in the background again. Cause this is that better? Do you like, you like the cylinders? Right, okay. Yeah, people know that we're out on the ground then. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dove, let's not talk about Roma anymore because you are at San Siro for a reason. 
Inter Napoli was that reason, and it was scoreless for the <sighs> second time this season. Yeah, um, it was uh, mistake laden. Would be the um, adjective I'd use to describe it. Both teams, particularly like Napoli, you expect better from them, but I think that's a hangover from the Roma game and where they're at mentally. Inter is kind of Inter are just a bit of crap right now, so. Uh, it's kind of something that you, you see from them quite a lot. But Napoli could barely string two or three passes together, which if you'd said that they weren't able to do that at the start of the season, nobody would have believed you. Yeah, even if you had said that to me three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever it was that they smashed Lazio 4-1 and the whole world was talking about them as being the best team we've ever seen. But mm. Doug, you might have a different picture of this from being at the stadium and being able to watch the shape throughout, but... It looked like Inter were just trying to get out of there alive with a point. And they set up, as they did the first time the two played, just to keep it at nil-nil. And hopefully, maybe Icardi could produce something on the break. Should yeah, Spalletti be much. aiming for more, given what Inter spent, the size of Inter as a club, and they have Champions League ambitions themselves, seeing what Roma did to Napoli last week? Does Spalletti not have something of a responsibility to try and win games like this? It doesn't, it doesn't, because the, th the thing with Inter is that they're, they're functional. They don't have somebody that can produce a moment of magic. Like, Icardi is not a player that can produce a moment of magic. He needs, he, he's basically the finisher. So you need Perisic or Kandreva or Rafinha or somebody else to produce the moment of magic. And then he's, he's on the end that'll score the goal. And Inter haven't had that, and they, they should have resolved it in the summer. They tried, but unfortunately, the funds aren't there, or the funds weren't released um, to, to, give, to be able to give them that outlet. Rafinha is, is a good player, really technically sound player, but he isn't a, a trek artista that they needed. And I think that's the problem. Inter, Inter are functional, and you, you can't really do much. You can't really do much more with them, if, if I'm being perfectly honest. What, what do you want to do? You, you can't turn Kandreva into Messi. It's impossible. <laughs> Antonio Kandreva, who I might be right, he hasn't scored a goal, or if he has, he hasn't scored more than one goal in Serie A this season. And this is one of their main attacking players. Well, they kept but... trying to look for him. They, they kept that. Like, there was a period of about 10 minutes, and they kept trying to play like this long diagonal pass out to the right side to find Kandreva and it never worked every single time they tried it it just it was either intercepted or it was inaccurate and he was he looked to be the outlet because Napoli seemed to have kind of well I, I was assuming they were targeting Mario Rui because uh, Perisic on the other side was was being quite well marshaled by Hussain so I think that was a tactic split he thought so there, there's one weakness say in that Napoli defence is Mario Rui or the biggest weakness in the defence let's target him but the, the problem is Inter Again, they don't have the the, the 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 bit of magic to be able to kind of follow through on Spalletti's plan. I mean, for what Inter did, they, they, they did it well enough. Skriniar was fantastic. The, Napoli could not get past him. He was in the right positions every time, blocking things, making sure that Mertens and Insigne couldn't get on the end of the, the through balls and stuff like that. So Skriniar, well, although it wasn't named by the match, that somehow went to Insigne. It should have went to Skriniar. He was fantastic. I didn't realise Insigne had been given man of the match. That is oh, bizarre. Oh, he was given man of the match. <laughs> it's especially Skriniar strange the in an away game. 
Usually yeah. it goes to the home team's player. I don't really understand that one too much. Screener was amazing. I did want to discuss him. Vito, you can come back in. Surely every club in Europe with any sort of money is going to be trying to sign Milan Skriniar this, this summer, right? Well, they should be because he's carrying the defence. Uh, you look at someone like Miranda, although he does some good defensive work, sometimes he does make some silly errors and then the fullbacks aren't all that great either. So Skriniar's that rock and probably with better support, I'm sure he can achieve a lot more success than what he can possibly do with the Nerazzurri. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, uh, Dolph, if you don't mind bringing it back to talking about Napoli, you said they couldn't string two or three passes to get matches together then. Well, some, somebody needs to sort out their microphone because they're sounding crackly. Okay, uh, go for it. What does this oh, sound like? Oh, there we go. That's better. We're back. All right. that, that, was, that was strange. I didn't <laughs> know what was happening there when he said, whoa. Uh, right, so Napoli, they couldn't put any passes together, but... When that front three are completely nullified like that and they just can't find any space to breathe, never mind move, there aren't enough goals in this team. What Marek Hamsik has scored six this season in Serie A. Zielinski, who doesn't always play, has scored four. Uh, there aren't goals from midfield and, and they do need these midfield players other than Marek Hamsik to step up when they're not scoring and when the front three have just been completely shut out of the game. Dove, do you think that this is ultimately what's going to cost them, that they're too reliant on that front three to be clicking into gear every single week. In terms of costing them the title, because I think that's already gone. Yeah, well, that I, is what's going to I think to that cost the, the, the last two weeks have cost them dearly. And I thought, the thing is, when Napoli are at their best, there are very few teams that can touch them. The problem is, is that they don't have more than, say, 15 players they can kind of come in and out of that team and not really disrupt it too much. Whereas, obviously, you look at Juve, Juve can chop and change formations, staff, and they just win. And, I, and, and part of it, I think, is down to mentality. Because today, 
like Napoli, they were trying to do Napoli things, like playing intricate passes, tiki-taka, passing and moving, but it just wasn't working. And it wasn't that Inter were fantastic. It was more that Napoli weren't on the ball. They weren't on it. Like the passes were maybe half a metre where they should have, like wrongly where they should have been. Or they were maybe a bit too short or a bit too hard. Whereas in, in um, November time, those passes were spot on, on point every time. And now it just it seems like they've, they've kind of come off the boil a little bit. Which is it's not really down to, to I don't think, the, the scoring. Because they do have options. They've got Milik there as well. Um, Zielinski can play a bit higher up if needs be, but... I just think it's they've got the players to do the damage but if the players don't play they don't have replacements which I think is kind of what you were getting at in the first place so I kind of talked myself in a circle yeah the the physical aspect definitely did seem to be taking its toll on TV they did look tired but is it more to do with their mental fatigue because once Roma equalised against them last week they you couldn't see them getting back into a into a winning position in that game that looked like that was it and throughout that game, they just look so defeated. And when do we see Roma score four goals? And for them to do that against who were then the league leaders was astonishing. Vito, do, do you think this, what mental problem stems from Maurizio Sarri? Or is it just that the players aren't used to winning as Juve are? Uh, I would say it's both more than anything. But if you've got to pick one person, it has to be Sarri because he's the coach. Uh, Napoli do play some excellent football when they're on form, but against the Nerazzurri, they looked, not only did they look sluggish and predictable, but they were wasting the most simplistic of passes. It was just so un-Napoli-like. Spalletti outcoached Sarri, and you can say that uh, Spalletti did well to nullify Sarri's team, but at the same time, I thought there were key individuals that were just struggling. For instance, Insigne. He might have got man of the match, but he was taking all these crazy pot shots. These shots weren't doing any serious damage. They weren't accurate. If he was shooting accurately, he probably would have got two or three goals. But yeah, you think as well, Vito, like when you've got Insigne, who you're right, every time he got anywhere near the, the, the goal, he wanted to have a shot. Whereas maybe, in, like, again, earlier in the season, they wouldn't have shot it. I thought, right, I'll pass it to Mertens, and Mertens will score, and we'll be one up, and then everybody's happy. But it seems like, and I've noticed in the last few games, that he just, every time he gets on that right side, it's, he's doing a El Shirawi cut in and shoot. And it's just, it's good when it, when it comes off, but it doesn't come off often enough. No, no, it doesn't. We've discussed that also, on the podcast. Uh, we've discussed that on the podcast many times this season. Whenever it's not going well for Napoli, Insigne reverts to type and does that as he did last season a lot. He just looks like he's not matured as much as he should at this age. He's got a lot of talent, don't get me wrong, but you'd have to question why that's not been drilled out of him by now because he's not a kid anymore. And El Shirawi, as you mentioned, of has grown out of that to an extent, more so than Lorenzo Insigne has, which just seems ridiculous because Insigne has far more talent than El Shirawi ever showed. We're going to move on for this now because we've spoken about Napoli enough this season. Uh, Dov, you were in Florence, not only this Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you not talk about Kievo? Can we talk about Kievo for five minutes? Yeah, we'll go to the Kievo after Fiorentina or do you want to get them out of the way I, now? I want to get them out of the way. No. Go on, Vito. Go on, Vito. No, I was going to say it was going to sink in because we'll talk about the relegation battle because I think it all ties in with a few other results. Well, it does because 
that game was garbage. Not just the result, but the entire mm. match was awful. Which um, is this now, the Derby de la Scala? Yeah, the Derby de la Scala. Oh my God, I've not seen a such right. a bad game of football for a long time. You went to see Hellas Verona against Kievo. What did you <laughs> expect to see? Uh, hold on, the, the Derby, it's a Derby. It's always good. It's feisty. I like a good Derby, but this one was just, it was a damp squib. And obviously, like, Verona are crap in general, and Kievo are going through a bit of a bad time right now. So, obviously, I was expecting some Jacarini magic, some uh, Bobby English goal-scoring um, exploits. None of it happened. It was just horrid, horrid stuff, um, which the two-hour drive was certainly not worth. No, absolutely not. We do well, have a Kievo two hours, fan. two hours back. <laughs> I said a Kievo. We do have a, a Hellas Verona fan who comments every week, though, and he's here now. And oh, hello. You, you won't like this comment. He says, Kiev got what they deserve, the donkeys. Hellas will send them down now. Do you want to respond? Well, I was kind of thinking that when um, sort of like after the game because what Verona are now three points behind Kiev. Kiev are let on. Actually, here's the statistic which worries me a lot. Kiev have conceded more goals this season than I think they have in any season in the last 10 years. And Kiev basically always based their kind of Serie A survival on having an amazing defence. That's how they've managed to stay up. Their defence has been solid. There are, there are seasons where they'll maybe finish 11th, 12th, and have a defence almost as good as the teams that are finishing in the top four. They just don't score enough. But now the problem is they're shipping loads of goals and they're not scoring any, which is causing them to be dragged into the relegation. So I don't think they've won in 11 games. It's tough. And Mr. Hellas Verona fan, I don't know, I can't see your name, so I don't know who you are. Hellas Verona are worse. Hellas Verona are a God awful team. Oh my God. And they, and they got a good goal. I'll grant you that. Caracciolos took it well, but Christ, Verona are bad as well. So. They got the loose coach, Pekia. Zinging the tools are still better. <laughs> well, the, the, the Verona fans wanted to leave. There was the uh, the sign in the curve of the whole game. There's uh, Pekia Vateri, so basically Vecchia get lost. Yeah, get lost. Um, so, so they don't like him either. And is, is uninspiring to say the least Dov you might have just picked the fight with the wrong guy because from what we've seen in the comments in recent weeks CM Fox is not one to mess with and you've you've riled him up now and now the, the other commenters are picking on him too well when you're Verona's number two team I mean things kind of get to you a lot, <laughs> I suppose uh, come on Kiev or not Verona's number one team well, they are. If you, if you look at the league table, they're actually <laughs> above Hellas. That means they're the best team in the city. Logic, logic. All right. Well, we'll let's see. And Fox come for you. That. What's your Twitter handle? At Dov Schiavone? It is, it is, but I don't go on Twitter much, so... All right. <laughs> Fill up his notifications for when he does go on CM Fox. Dov, you were in Florence. I was. And yeah. that was a touching day not only today but also on Thursday where you were at David Astor's funeral yes do you want to start by talking about Thursday you put a video up on this very YouTube channel but yeah set the scene for people who haven't seen that yet yeah well if you're not watching it go and watch it I went down with Vieri Capretta who was on last week who you should all know um, obviously there were uh, <laughs> It's kind of one of those things. We didn't really know what to expect. We kind of knew what was happening, um, but we didn't really know kind of how what the fans would be like, how many people would be there. But um, outside the stadium, there was the um, like the funeral procession, if you like the hair stroll by the stadium, and um, the kind of people obviously 
I don't know if this is a thing, but everybody was kind of touching the hearse. I didn't touch it because I find that a bit creepy. Um, but they were all kind of touching the hearse and, and coming out. But like, when I went past, it's just kind of one of those emotional things where like, it's not really kind of affected, like a story's death, obviously it's sad, but it's not affected me in kind of an emotional way where I want to break down and cry um, because I have no affiliation, affiliation to Fiorentina. I'd only met a story a couple of times, very, very briefly. Um, but then when, when, when you see a coffin and a hearse driving by, it just gets to you. You kind of choke up a little bit. Um, probably worse for Vieri given he's a Fiorentina fan um, then obviously after that we went, the, we went to the uh, centre of Florence and the, the, the Basilica de Santa Croce where obviously everybody will have seen the um, the images of about 10,000 people outside the Basilica everybody inside um, and and this was another one it was done so so well um, the, the sermon was fantastic the the um, the Cardinal gave a great speech. Milan Badel's speech was fantastic, uh, where he basically said that the, the Davidia story, he is he was the guy that turned the light on first and then said that he he is the light, which, which was great. And then after that, everybody kind of started kind of tearing up and, and stuff as well. And Astori's brother tried, tried to do eulogy, but he got about two sentences in and just broke down, which is obviously... It's completely understandable. Um, and then as the, the, the coffin was brought out of the basilica, the ultras kind of, who were standing at the, the side had, had moved around so that they were standing kind of in the middle of the crowd and just came and formed a line with their flags. And then when the coffin was brought out, started waving their flags, lit off loads of purple smoke bombs. And then you, you would hear the crowd going crazy, singing the Fiorentina songs, chanting them, Davidia Story's name. And it's it's just such an em, emotive thing. It's, it's something that kind of brought the whole city together in mourning. It's obviously you don't want to bring a whole city together for somebody dying, but it's, everybody in the city is kind of pulling in the same direction. And on Thursday after that, I had to do the Milan Europa League game, and I was just destroyed, like mentally destroyed. Like I could barely concentrate and. I was just like so kind of overwhelmed by it all and I didn't expect to be if I'm being perfectly honest so that was Thursday and that was a tough day one of the toughest days I've ever had doing this job yeah, yeah no, knowing you you're not the type of person <laughs> I would expect to be moved by absolutely anything so when I saw you say that you were emotionally touched by it I was shocked and it kind of says a lot about how touching I am a nice person everybody don't listen to him I'm, I, I am really I'm doubtful that you have any sort of feelings whatsoever, though. I, I did have them once. <laughs> Back when you were a young guy, yeah? When I was a young guy, yeah, when I was young. Uh, right, football does just kind of have a habit of getting things right sometimes, oh. though. And, and today, I think, was one of those, because it came across on the TV, and I'm, I know the microphones play a part in this, but there was absolutely no sound whatsoever in the Artemio Frankie before kickoff, and you could hear the players high-fiving and shaking hands before the game, which it was almost eerie watching it. and Just there wasn't a sound, and then they stopped the game in the 13th minute, and then Victor Hugo, obviously, who came into the team because the story is no longer there, Scored the only goal. He wears number 31 on his back, reversed his 13 for a story. It was... Do you want another, do you want another statistic that goes with the symmetry? 
Hugo was also the 13th Fiorentina player to score in Serie A this season. There you go. It, it, one of those crazy days, but I think it was a result that everyone associated with football kind of wanted to see. As much as we like Benevento, I think everyone was happy for Fiorentina to kind of get themselves back on their feet. Dov, again, sorry to bring it back to you <laughs> again, but one thing that, that was also striking, you might have tweeted a photo of this, was when the final whistle went, all the players, oh, the, Benevento and Fiorentina, just, they just fell to their feet. Yeah, 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 all of them. It was They were kind of sat almost directly, or they were sat, but yeah, well, they were sat almost directly in front of me, and literally as soon as the referee blew the whistle, they just all collapsed, all of them. And it was just, you could see that it was like a sense of relief, um, kind of, uh, like the emotions, kind of like, it was almost like we've done it, we've managed to play this game, we've managed to win, and we've done it for Davide, kind of thing. And um, Herman, or German, Betzella, after the game said he wasn't ready to play. He said that, that um, he didn't want to. And they went on the pitch and kind of gave everything. And says nobody can, can, nobody knows what they've experienced and how mentally draining it's been for them over the last week. And uh, you can just see every single, every single player there at the final whistle just... They had given everything, literally, physically, mentally, emotionally, everything they had given. And, yeah, it's, 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 it's not nice. Um, what, although, what the best thing, I would say the best thing, and it took me halfway through the game to notice this, the team sheet. And on the team sheet, obviously, you get the list of players, and then the, the, they put the, the players in their formations. Um, and they had kind of shuffled the players around on the Fiorentina's formation to leave a big space where Davidia's story would be which I was like that that's kind of the little things that matter almost mm, yeah it was a really nice touch I, I did like that you put up the photo of that and it took me a while to kind of notice what you were talking about when I saw it was like the 11 players what's, what's he on about I saw the little gap and there's a big there's that big space a little big space because they're I don't know I, I can't remember what Vieri said last week but it's, it's like of all the players it could have happened to at Fiorentina it's the one player that they, the fans actually care about and it's the captain like it could, it could have been the, the, the squad player or the new signing or something like that but it's literally the one player that, that the Fiorentina fans actually cared about which makes it even more sad that kind of touches on all the tributes that poured in were about who he was as a man rather than the fact that he was a footballer which Again, says quite a lot about him. Uh, right, we'll, we'll move on from this. Looking ahead, Juve do play Atalanta on Wednesday. There is no chance of anything other than a home win in Turin. Vito, is there? No, no, I reckon another uh, witness. <laughs> Inevitable, sad but true. Unless for some reason Juve get Buffon and Szczesny injured in the one hit, which would be absolutely unthinkable. All right. Thanks for that, mate. Okay. Uh, right. I was looking forward to this podcast. We've got a couple of questions in in midweek. We'll start with one of them that isn't really that relevant anymore because Sampdoria lost. But Dov, bring you in. We know Vito's thoughts on this, really. Um, can Sampdoria make a Champions League spot? If we're talking about after, or AC Milan doing exactly that, they're on the same number of points. And are they being underestimated this season? They could if they could sort out their away form. Their away form is horrendous. Their home form is amazing. Their home form is as good as the likes of Napoli and Juve. 
their away form is as good as cable. So if they, and that's why they're kind of sitting where they are. If they could basically play and get results the same way they do at home as they do away from home, then they're certainly in the mix. And obviously they are in the mix because of where they're sitting. But I think they just they concede far too much away from home. And that's a problem. Vito will know that. He'll be thinking, oh, we're at home or away this week? Oh, we're at home. Brilliant. We'll win. We're away. Ah, oh, crap. We're going to lose. Yeah, well, it's the story of our season. Our worst wins have actually been on the road. I mean, our worst defeats, sorry. So losing to Crotone of all teams, uh, that was very disappointing. And we are known for our attacking football, but that defeat to Crotone was the epitome of defensive suicide. It does It does make things very interesting at the bottom, though, if we're looking at it from Crotone's perspective, because it all kicked off, really, when Verona beat Kiev in the derby, and all of the results have kind of made everything at the bottom, aside from Benevento. They're all fighting for their lives now, and it's anyone's guess who will avoid the drop and who will stay up. The other question that we got in was from Paul Lenardi, who... Nope, that was that one. Steve got in touch on Twitter, <laughs> and he asked... I'm not so sure I agree with the premise of this. Maybe it was just based on what happened last week. But he says, guys, it's been more apparent than ever this week that Italian footballers seem much more dignified, respectful, perhaps even more thoughtful than a lot of their European counterparts. Why is this? Dov, you first. I think think this is more to do with who the person is rather than that the people are more dignified. I think that's because a story was a genuinely nice guy with good moral standing and he knew lots and lots of players in Italy. Um, obviously, he'd been at Cal for six years, Roma, he started his career in Milan, then obviously Fiorentina had been in the fringes of the national team and in the national team for a long time as well. So he knew a lot of people. And if you're a genuinely nice guy, which I've, I've spoken to people that know him personally and no one has a bad word to say about him. And I think that helps when you've got a guy who's so kind of universally liked, then you're not going to have people calling him an asshole or anything like that. So I, I think if it was somebody else, I don't know, maybe say Cassano or something like that, that is kind of a bit disagreeable, then maybe it wouldn't be kind of as... The movie that would be as nice as what they're being. Let's, let's say that. Yeah, I think the tributes pouring into Cassano would be from very different people and would the stories would contain very different details. Well, Ferrero, um, the Nutella maker, would be a bit annoyed because he'd lose <laughs> half his business. Or would he double his sales because people would just be thinking about Nutella all of the time? <laughs> I mean, Maybe. I'd be straight down to the shops to buy some Nutella. Vito, do you think that the question was kind of just based on what happened last week or is there a, a wider point there that's true? Uh. Look, I reckon it does depend on the person as well. So, of course, the Astori and Cassano comparison makes a lot of sense. I think with Astori being one of the nice guys, those tributes are just naturally going to blow in. But um, if I was going to say it was like a cultural thing, uh, perhaps you can say that just the way Italians are as people. And I think this also extends to the diaspora as well, just very... um, Maybe it's the religious upbringing, I don't know, just Italian society in general. When it comes to sentimental and emotive situations, uh, I think the Italian people just generally know how to bond together and reunite in times of grief. Um, 
And I think although, you know, it's a story, you know, he's not someone with, uh, you know, it wasn't just relatives, people who weren't related to him, but I think it even ties down to Italian family values, just being very close-knit people and showing respect, loyalty, good virtues, and perhaps even just general human behaviour, you know, just good mateship, which I think is not exclusively Italian. It just belongs to humans in general. So, But I do think Italians in particular, they do have that greater emotional attachment in comparison to other cultures and other peoples in the world. All right, guys. Um, I think that's it for this week then. Uh, Dov, thank you for joining us after a busy, busy, busy 24 hours. Pleasure. I cannot wait to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, go get yourself home. Uh, it's not too far of a walk for you from there. Lido, <laughs> thank you very much as ever. No worries, Connor. All right, guys, of course, tune in same time again next week, 11.30 Central European time, 10.30 UK time. Work it out yourself from there. Uh, thanks, Austin. He's complimented the show. Uh, do come back next week in the comments, guys. It does make things a lot easier. We appreciate and love you more than those who just download the audio but of course do that as well to give us them numbers dov is waving goodbye so that's all that there is for me to say other than ciao for now ciao ciao Portaci dove vuoi, verso le tue conquiste, dove tu arriverai, sarà la storia di tutti noi, solo chi corre può fare di te la squadra che sei.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.